Winslow. Hi, I'm Haley, and, and we, we are, are Wrestling Wind Down. On this episode, we're going to cover the few moments and matches that we liked this week. We'll also be going over our Money in the Bank predictions and, of course, our word on the street. So grab your glass of wine. We're going in for the three count. WWE kicked off their new quote-unquote wild card rule, which it's interesting. The wild card rule will allow superstars from Raw or SmackDown Live to move between brands on a one-night-only appearance. So the number of superstars that can appear from one brand to the other was capped at three by Vince McMahon, but then it was later changed to four after Lars Sullivan, of course, he made an appearance. I find it interesting yet alarming that WWE is doing this because, you know, they just had their superstar shakeup and you have all these new superstars that are on different brands and you have NXT call-ups and usually after the draft, you know, these new storylines start off and these superstars find themselves in, you know, different title matches and different storylines, but I honestly feel like it's just been really dead. Like like our college has dead week, I feel like this has been the dead week or weeks for WWE. I agree, especially on Raw and SmackDown. But I kind of like this idea of the wild card rules because, like you said, the superstar shakeup just happened. And so a lot of the wrestlers aren't maybe used to being on their new brand. So being able to come back home for a moment and wrestling, kind of like AJ Styles, how mm. he came back to his house well i feel like it has to do with the ratings you know me and you talked about how the ratings for the last week or two have been low and they need their ratings like that's how they bring the money in. that's how they keep the fans interested so it's kind of embarrassing for them that they have to create this whole storyline with roman reigns coming back to raw after not being on raw for what two weeks because their ratings plummeted right no i agree because You can always tell when a pay-per-view is coming up because all their writing goes to that and it really slacks on Raw, SmackDown, NXT 205 Live, but especially the two main brands. Right. Like you said, the ratings were not good this week. According to Forbes, Raw drew a 2019 low of 2.158 million viewers, while SmackDown only dragged in also a 2019 low of 1.833 million viewers. Forbes also goes on to talk about how the raw average viewership through 2018 saw a 32% decline over the past five years. I think WWE is in trouble and they need to step up their game before they lose all their viewers. Um, I've seen complaints online from fans and, you know, they're pretty pissed off with how the bookings are going. And, you know, this wildcard rule, while it does spice things up, it's just kind of stupid. Why don't you just keep the brands as one if you're going to have the three or four superstars, probably the same superstars, to be honest with you, go over to the same brand every week. Like, there's absolutely no way, in my opinion, that they're just going to have Roman Reigns go for one week. They're going to have him over there consecutively because Roman Reigns brings in the ratings. He brings in the merchandise sales. They're not just going to be like, well, let's just choose someone that's been in catering for three months and bring them over to SmackDown or Raw because then the the fans are going to be like, uh, okay, we don't care. Like, what's new? But we also saw how easily Vince McMahon changed the rules just because Lars gave him a mean look. So you're right. Like, maybe this will be 
maybe not a weekly thing, but maybe a monthly thing. I don't know. We'll see. But I also thought it was interesting how on Twitter, WWE posted a video of their writers. It was a recruitment video. I just thought it was interesting timing that they hit such record low and then the same week they posted a recruitment video for writers. Well, clearly they need help with something because this ain't it. We'll cover some of the few, and I mean few moments that we really liked this week. I hate to be negative about WWE, but I feel like as a fan first, we really need to be honest on this podcast. And when these matches are subpar and you have minimal, you know, segments that you really like, it's hard to get on here and be like, well, I loved all of it this week when you truly didn't. Like, to be honest with you, usually when I watch Raw, I will be very occupied in it. I watch it, and that's the only thing I'm doing. This week, it felt so boring to the point where I ha- I was on the computer, I was doing other stuff. Like, it just wasn't my main priority. I agree with that, because I always watch Raw, Monday nights, of course, and then, you know, throughout the week, I'll watch 205 Live and NXT, and normally, I'm not a big fan of 205 Live and NXT, isn't my favorite, but I definitely do like that more than 205 Live. But NXT was probably the best show this week. 205 Live followed that. And then SmackDown and Raw maybe came in equal. And which that I- never happens. I mean, granted, I'm very biased about NXT. I love NXT and how authentic it is. But usually the main shows are, you know, they're at the top of the list. But, right. you know, different people run Raw and SmackDown than NXT, so... Right, different writers and everything. I also think it works in their benefit that it's not, you know, Raw is like three hours long. SmackDown is like an hour and a half to two hours. But NXT and 205 Live are about like an hour. And so they don't have as many matches. And I know they don't have as many wrestlers on those brands. But if WWE cut it down on weeks that they maybe don't have so much to show, then their writing and their viewership probably wouldn't go down because people wouldn't be like, why am I watching this? This is so boring. They could also utilize the talent that they haven't used on the actual brand itself, not Mm -hmm. bringing someone over from SmackDown to Raw or vice versa, figuring out, you know, these superstars. You know, the McMahon said the fans matter, and now after WrestleMania, it's kind of like that went out the window. Like, we're not seeing stuff that we enjoy. You know, maybe getting some of these superstars that are on the brand that – you know, aren't on there weekly and we kind of see sometimes, but they get a good reaction like Anderson and Gallows in the revival. But instead, WWE is making a whole mockery out of these two tag teams and it's annoying. Yeah, like Lo said, we don't want to be negative. We just want to be honest with you guys. But there are so many new storylines that could be created so easily. And I want to see that. I want to see what they're going to do with these new people that they brought to the different brands. I just want some new things on WWE. Give her what she wants. Give me what I want. (laughs) We had two WrestleMania rematches this week on Monday Night Raw, which included Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre, as well as Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston for the WWE Championship. I liked the match between Kingston and Bryan. I did not like the match between Reigns and McIntyre. The WrestleMania match between Reigns and McIntyre was not interesting, in my opinion. The only reason why I really paid attention, because this was the first match Roman was back, I really wanted him to win because it was like his victory, you know? It meant a lot. But now it's on Monday Night Raw, and it's like... I hate when they do this. I hate when they start having to recycle matches because they don't know what else to do. They probably figured 
you know, Kingston and Bryan did so well at WrestleMania. Our ratings are at an all-time low. Let's put this back on TV. Which, okay, they're both great competitors. and But we've seen it. Exactly. Give us something new. I'm speechless. I just, I don't know. Probably my favorite match on all of the shows this week was actually from 205 Live. So I thought that they did the show really well. Which About time. Shocking, yes. So it started off with a promo from Mike Kanellis and Maria Kanellis about their main event match of the night. So they kept the momentum going the entire show. It, there wasn't a dull moment. It just stayed eventful. And so when we got to that match, Maria Kanellis was barred from ringside as, as well as the Brian Kendrick. So the only people out there was Mike Kanellis and Tazawa. And this is great because I know that Maria Kanellis always gets involved, and so does the Brian Kendrick. So for just them to have this main event, and it was a great event. There was He was bamboozled. He set up like all these chairs, and he set up the tables, and Tazawa took advantage of all of Kanellis' work and beat Kanellis because of that. I'm glad that Mike and Maria Kanellis are getting um, the TV time on 205 Live that they deserve. When they originally came back to WWE, everyone was super excited that, you know, Maria was back. She hadn't been in WWE for a while. This was Mike's first go at WWE, so everyone wanted them to succeed, but they skipped the NXT brand, which, in my opinion, was a huge mistake. I think they could have really flourished in NXT, and we could have seen so many great matches with you know, Mike Kandelis and Adam Cole and um, Roderick Strong and all the different superstars that were on there. But they moved him up to the main roster and completely just wasted his time, to be honest with you. He did a couple events, like main roster events, and then slowly but surely we just didn't see him. And we didn't see her either. But now, she, you know, she's starting to be in some of the Battle Royal. She's starting to be, she was in the WrestleMania pre-match. And I think they're trying with them, slowly but surely, but... I'm glad that they got their moment, and I'm looking forward to see what they have going on in the future. Yeah, I think whatever they're doing with them, they're doing right. And I know when Maria was banned from ringside, the announcers were like, what the heck? Like, people tune in just for her. So, I mean, that's a good sign that people are interested in 205 Live to see Maria just support her husband from ringside. I stand. I've always stand her. WWE got one over on Sami Zayn this week. On Monday night, he was thrown in the trash by Braun Strowman. And the next night, he's on SmackDown. And AJ Styles and Kofi Kingston insinuate that he definitely didn't shower in the 24-hour period. Which, I don't know. I wasn't there. But, you know, Kofi ended up offering a title match to AJ Styles and Sami Zayn. Which, okay, interesting. Well, he said he would offer it to either of them. And then they both got a match. It was weird. Yeah. A w- very weird segment. Like I said last week, I want Sami Zayn to have a title opportunity, but the way they did him was wrong. Mm-hmm. They don't need to insinuate that he smells like trash. Like, Well, he did say he took a shower, and it was just hard to get out. But they just, it was, I'm rolling my eyes. Can he just wrestle already, damn it? Like, let's stop with all the shenanigans, the nonsense. Let him wrestle. So I thought that it was interesting during this match that Kevin Owens came out and attacked Xavier Woods. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens used to be best friends, so they haven't been this close in a while. So I'm wondering if there's going to be some more matchups between them, if they're going to be friends again. I hope so. I love them together. But what do you think? I love them together, too, but I don't want to see the same thing again. They were together for quite a while, and I felt like Sami Zayn was Robin and 
Kevin Owens was Batman. Like, Sami Zayn was just the sidekick, and then he got injured, and that's when I prayed to God that they would bring him back and not put him right under Kevin Owens' wing again because Sami Zayn deserves better. He deserves it all. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but weren't they, like, friends and they broke up, and then during a pay-per-view event, he ran out and, like, saved Kevin Owens from probably Shane McMahon jumping off of who knows what. So... As we've talked about this entire show, like, WWE repeats a lot of things, so... Romances are hard, and so are romances, so, you know, we'll see what happens with them. So my other favorite match this week was from NXT. So it was Matt Riddle versus Adam Cole. And I love Adam Cole. I think that, you know, maybe they're not using him right currently, but for him to have these more of these matches is great. So Matt Riddle, the original bro... From Las Vegas, might I add. He's interesting. I looked him up. He has three kids. To he is a life. kid. He seems like a kid. I definitely imagine him in a frat. Oh, me too. And also he wrestles shoeless, which yeah. makes me very uncomfortable. But this match was really good, in my opinion. Matt Riddle used to be an MMA, and he kind of fights like an MMA fighter still. He doesn't fight like the other wrestlers, which mm-hmm. I think is like a weird mix-up between the two, but... Everyone oh. loves him, though. He kind of seems like a stoner. A little bit. Like, low-key. Like, the they hair. can't smoke weed, but I think he might. You know, they had a lot of athleticism in this, and Matt Riddle did defeat Adam Cole, which I think was deserved. I think that Matt Riddle really proved himself in this match. You mentioned that you think Adam Cole is not being used properly. Do you see him winning the NXT championship at NXT TakeOver against Johnny Gargano, or do you think Johnny's going to keep his title? I personally think Johnny's going to keep his title. I think that Johnny's more of a fan favorite at this moment. And Adam Cole, he is getting more matches that I've seen. But I think that Johnny still has this for the moment. And Cole's time isn't here yet. If we all remember, Adam Cole kind of threw a tantrum after his last match that he lost against Johnny Gargano because two out of three falls and Adam Cole got the first pinfall. And he said that because of that, he should have won, which doesn't make sense. So I think that little tantrum he threw maybe set him back a little bit in the fans' eyes. Like I said, we'll see what happens, and I see him becoming a bigger superstar soon. Let's talk about the Firefly Funhouse, episode three this week, and it was creepy as usual. It was. Um, Interesting but creepy. I was watching this segment with my friend, and I had the TV on, and... It started playing, and we're watching it, and he's like, what the hell is this? That means it's good. If someone's like, what the hell is this? Like, you expect them to be powerbombing each other, choke slams, and we have Bray Wyatt with these damn puppets. Mm -hmm. So this week was interesting. We lost a character. We did. We had a casualty. Rambling Rabbit is deceased. Rest in peace. I know. And... We're still waiting for Bray Wyatt to get in the ring and wrestle. This was kind of weird because there was kids involved and Mm -hmm. they looked like demented. I can only imagine what Bray Wyatt said to them. He was probably like, look dead inside. Don't smile. Just stare into the camera. I know because they panned across them and they all just kind of looked like out of it. And I'm like, this is getting weird. Like when I was a kid, I'd be like, what the heck? And just start laughing. Yeah. So they're great actors. They are. Yeah. Maybe they'll have a future in the WWE. Maybe. (laughs) 
And our final favorite moment of the week, we crowned new SmackDown Tag Team Champions because the Hardy Boys had to relinquish their championship titles last week. Right. So I bet you cannot guess who the new winners are. We're going to tell you, obviously. Shane McMahon came on our televisions and he thought that he was just going to crown new SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Just give them away. Yeah, without a match. Makes Daniel Bryan right? and Rowan come out, and Shane announces that they're the new tag champs. The Usos come over, another wild card from Raw, and Shane decides to put them in a match, and ultimately, Bryan and Rowan win, and they're the new tag team champions. How do you feel about this? So I thought that even if the other wild card participants didn't make sense, this made sense, because why would... Shane McMahon just hand these titles over when, like the Uso said, they work hard for them. And they're right. not about to, like, watch them just being given away. Well, you know, in my opinion, I kind of knew the Usos weren't going to win because they just got drafted to Raw. Right, it's and they would plan. Exactly. They wouldn't have the Usos take the titles and have two sets of titles on Raw and none on SmackDown for tag teams. Right. So would it have gone over? Because I was confused. What would yeah. have happened if they won? They would have gone over. They would have. Ta- they would probably have to defend them on SmackDown, but they're technically still on the Raw roster, so they'd be doing double duty. Mm, okay. They, I, but I don't think they would defend on the Raw brand. Right. I mean, that's just weird that it was the Usos and not a tag team that was already on SmackDown. Because why utilize the talent that you have on your damn roster? Preach. All right, Lo, let's get into our Money in the Bank prediction. So Money in the Bank, two weeks from now. There's lots of matches, lots of interesting things going on. I'm looking forward to this. Should be an interesting pay-per-view. I hope we'll see some crazy moments. But let's get into some of our predictions. What matches do we have? So we have some big championships on the line, such as the Universal Championship, WWE Championship, Raw Women's Championship, and SmackDown Women's Championship. And might I add, Becky has a busy May 19th. Mm -hmm. Busy. And I don't think this is, like, good planning. I mean, she has to do it. But how is she going to do two full matches, probably back-to-back? Nah, I don't think they'll do her back-to-back. I hope it's not back-to-back. Shoot. They would just do her so dirty. She needs a break. She needs some water. I don't know. She might need some wine. Damn. After two (laughs) matches. First of all, I think they're probably going to put one of her matches at the beginning of the show and probably one closer to the end because they like to spotlight the women. Probably going to sprinkle the women's tag championship in there in the middle just to keep people entertained. So we have the WWE championship on the line with Kofi Kingston and Kevin Owens. Who do you think is going to win that match? Kofi, 100%. Kofi deserves it. Kevin Owens turned on him, and Kofi has been defending his title on Raw and SmackDown, like, pretty much week after week. So he has proven himself. He's not a B-plus player. He is the WWE champion. So I think he deserves to keep this. What do you think? I think Kofi is going to end up winning. I think, you know, Kevin Owens is a great competitor, and he's going to push it to the limit with Kofi and he knows how Kofi is in the ring but I don't see Kofi losing the championship this soon um it's been a month almost and everyone loves Kofi as champion the ratings are high when Kofi's champion the only way they're taking that belt off of Kofi is if Roman Reigns gets involved and he becomes a new you know challenger because we honestly don't know where Roman Reigns is right now in terms of face or heel I'm assuming he's a face since he's in a match with Elias but 
you know, him punching Vince McMahon kind of came off as heelish. So I don't know. I wonder if Sami Zayn is going to come out. I don't think so. And something is going to happen between him and Xavier Woods. I don't know. I definitely, like we said, like I could see something happening between KO and Sami Zayn. I wonder if it's going to happen during this match. We have the Universal Championship on the line with Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles. Um, For this one, I am going for Seth Rollins. Again, ratings. I think both of these superstars bring the ratings in, but... As I said before, Seth Rollins and Kofi Kingston have both had their championships for less than a month, and I just don't see it happening this fast. I see Seth Rollins holding that championship for a long time, and I see him and AJ Styles competing for the belt more than once. I don't think it's a one and done. What do you think? I want to agree with you a thousand percent, and I hope that Seth Rollins keeps it, but Something in me is saying AJ Styles is going to get this because he was one of the wild card participants. He was on both shows. And so for them to like bring him up twice, I think that they're trying to bring him to like the front of everyone's mind. It's not like usual for them to bring a superstar on both nights. So I don't know. I want Seth to win, but I feel like AJ is going to win. We shall see. We have two matches from Becky Lynch, as we mentioned, the Raw Women's Championship She's facing off against Lacey Evans, Miss Southern. I think that Becky Lynch is going to retain for the Raw Women's Championship. I think it's too soon for Lacey Evans to be WWE Women's Champion. I think she is a great competitor. She has a great background. I actually watched a video the other day with her in the Performance Center a couple years ago, and she's just such a great character on and off the screen. But I just feel like it's too soon. She's not developed enough. This is really her first feud on the main roster, and crazier things have happened. Maybe she will get the title, but I don't think it's her time. As John Cena would say, the time is now, but her time is not now. I will be so mad if Lacey wins. I don't think she's proven herself. She hasn't really done that many matches. Like, she won her last match, but before that, she really didn't have anything. And so if she comes out here, she is the Raw Women's Champion. I will be so upset. Big mad. Big mad. Okay. I love Becky two belts, but if she is going to lose one of these matches and one of her belts, I wouldn't be as mad if Charlotte got it. Really? Yes. Because I would be. I think that Charlotte has really proven herself, and she's she's put in way more work than Lacey. I know you love Charlotte. We I have do. a Charlotte fangirl. But here's yep. the thing. I'm getting tired of seeing Charlotte as women's champion. I kind of know what WWE is doing. Maybe I'm having an epiphany. Maybe I'm dead wrong. I feel like WWE is trying to make sure Charlotte is at like the top of the food chain when it comes to women's history. Um, As we know, Trish Stratus held the record for the most WWE women's championship title reigns. And Charlotte has either beaten her or she's like one title shot away from beating her. It's interesting. I won't say that Charlotte doesn't deserve it because I think she does, but it's getting too repetitive. When we saw her matches with Sasha before, it was Sasha was champion for two hours and then Charlotte Flair was champion for two weeks. Like, it was just, it was so annoying because you could tell what they were doing. She had championship after championship after championship after championship. And all these other women are sitting back there waiting for their opportunity. It's just getting old. And like I mentioned before, people online said that these main event superstars are the best superstars in WWE, like The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin. They've had these matches where they compete four to five times in the same damn matchup. But this is 2019. We don't want to see that 
unless they're adding a stipulation to it. Add a steel cage, add a ladder. It's money in the bank. Add a ladder. You're giving us these bland matches, to be honest. We've seen it before. I completely agree with all of that. And yeah, it is getting old between Charlotte and Becky and Charlotte and everyone. But I keep thinking about, like, who would they start a new feud with with Charlotte? Like, I can't imagine, like, Ember Moon. Like, I don't think that would work. Like, Honestly, I think it it would. You know, Alexa Bliss and Charlotte, they've done their fair share. But someone like Ember Moon or someone like anyone else, you know, Charlotte is so seasoned in the ring that she can get in the ring with Ember Moon who, you know, hasn't been on the main roster for a long time and they can both learn from each other. I feel like that should be the end goal that these two competitors, whoever they are, they're learning from each other. When you have Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair in the ring for the 700th time, they already know each other's movesets. They're not learning anything else. And furthermore, they're best friends in real life. Can we just get someone else in the ring right but like you said they have built charlotte up to the very top of the food chain and so for her to fight someone that's not as high i feel like charlotte has is like too seasoned for that i feel like she wouldn't be down for that well i'm not down for what's going on right no i completely agree i think that they need to do some new things but I don't know. They just need to, you know, take a step back from Charlotte, maybe let someone move up above her for a minute. And then, you know, more interesting things could happen. Like, we're not going to forget about her. She's right there. Right. No one could ever forget about her. She's great. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) My fangirl. Women's Money in the Bank ladder match. We have Alexa Bliss, Naomi, Natalia, Dana, Brooke, Bailey, Mandy Rose. I'm sorry. Mandy Rose. Ember Moon and Carmella, the newly blonde Carmella. Who do you think is going to win this match? You know, quite honestly, it's hard to say. The only thing I can think about during when I think about this match is I think during the last Money in the Bank when Natalia was in this match on Total Divas, she brought her parents to go buy ladders because she was afraid of Oh my heights. god, yes. And she like practice climbing these ladders and so when you when you say her name that's all I can think of I just imagine her walking through Home Depot with her father carrying some ladders to go set it up in their kitchen you know this match is stacked with great competitors but I feel like there's going to be something that doesn't go as we plan rumors online are swirling that Sasha Banks is coming back and she's taking Dana Brooke's spot in this match and I don't know how to feel about that. Mind you, I've been searching for Sasha Banks for about a month now. Mm. So obviously I want to see her back in the ring. But for her to kind of screw over Dana Brooke or, you know, the WWE writers to pin it on Dana Brooke and be like, okay, we're going to take her out the match and put Sasha in is bullshit. Okay? If anyone should be removed from this match, sorry, Mandy Rose, it should be you. I Or Natalia, because I feel like Dana Brooke is just starting to get on her feet when it comes to you know, making appearances in these bigger matches that aren't on a pre-show. And for her to have her opportunity taken away just to give it to Sasha, who we haven't seen in, what, three to four weeks, it's just not fair. No, I agree. So if that doesn't happen and it's one of these competitors that ends up winning, I hope it's Ember Moon because yes, people don't like appreciate her as much as they should. She's a great wrestler and they don't book her right. So if she has an opportunity to win the championship title and cash in, I think that she will do great. I think that she would be a great champion, and then she could fight Charlotte. Thank and you. And it would make sense. Preach. It would make sense then. The Men's Money in the Bank ladder match features Braun Strowman, Ricochet, Drew McIntyre, Olive Garden manager Baron Corbin, Finn Balor, Ali, Andrade, and Randy Orton. 
Who do you think is going to win this one? For this one, I'm going to either say, well, I don't want Braun Strowman to win. That's for sure. That's a it's no. It's a no. That's, that's a no for a me, dog. No. But I'm going to say I hope either Andrade or Ricochet. Okay. So I feel like the same with Ember Moon. Like, they're they're actually booked right. I feel like they are in a lot of matches. Ricochet more than Andrade. I feel like either of them would be great champions. And if Andrade does get it, I feel like that's also a step up for Zelina Vega. And so I support that one. I hope that that's, he's the winner. I want Andrade to win or Ali, but something in the back of my mind tells me that Baron Corbin might take the victory or Braun Strowman or Randy Orton. Maybe Drew McIntyre, but I think this, the chances are slim there. Um, I honestly think Randy Orton might win because I feel like he hasn't really had anything going on. Is and that a bad thing? What, that he's winning? That he's not winning? <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have anything going on? I mean, Randy Orton has been in the WWE for a really long time, and we've always seen him in really big matches, and I feel like the last year or two he just hasn't had it you know when I used to watch when I first started watching wrestling and when I started watching again a couple years ago Randy Orton was still like the one of the top players like he was in matches with John Cena he was in matches with Edge he was in matches with The Undertaker he was in matches with these big people now it's like what is he doing on a weekly basis like he comes out he RKO's two or three people and then he goes backstage nothing's going on. He has no actual storyline. So I feel like they would put him in the position to win. I don't know why, but... That makes sense, though. Another matchup that we have at Money in the Bank is Roman Reigns versus Elias. I think that Elias is going to win because Shane McMahon seems to not be able to mind his own business, even though he has his own match at this pay-per-view, and he keeps getting involved with Roman Reigns and Elias and... I just feel like it's going to be a screw job and Elias is going to win. What do you think? I mean, it's not a championship match, so... True, but it's still a match. Right. I mean, I hope Roman Reigns... I'm not a big fan of Elias. I've told you this. Yeah. But remember when they did the shakeup and they made it seem like Elias was the biggest acquisition and then Roman Reigns came out? You think Elias is salty? Well, I feel like that might have been, like, a prediction or, like, mm. a foreshadowing of what's going to happen. So I think you're right. Probably Elias. But, I mean, if that was foreshadowing, Rolling so dumb. Your eyes. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. The Miz and Shane McMahon are facing off in a steel cage match. I expect Shane to jump off every side of the steel cage. He's going to, like, climb up like a, like a monkey and then just, like, jump or something. I don't know. H- how is he going to get up there? He's going to figure gonna it climb. out. He's going to climb until he reaches the top. And I don't think he's going to win. Mm-hmm. But they have had a lot of drama this week. Shane kicked him in the <laughs> and <laughs> Did you see that? And then he escaped in a limo. The Miz has had the upper hand, and then Shane had the lower hand, you could say. Do you think the Miz's dad is going to make an appearance in this? They said online that the Miz's dad is injured from the match that he had. They keep calling him Mr. Potato Head, so I hope that he That's honestly out. really rude. It is so rude. It makes me so mad. Like, Shane is so disrespectful. He is. And I think that The Miz wants this more, and Shane is just trying to run from him at every chance he we has. We should have a dad versus dad match. Vince McMahon versus George Mazanian. I would love that, and I would 
I would be George all the way. We have the United States Championship on the line, Samoa Joe versus Rey Mysterio. I am not interested in this match, to be quite frank with you. The match at WrestleMania lasted 2.5 seconds, and I'm sure this match will not last that long either. So speaking of some family getting involved, Rey Mysterio's son, Dominic, you know, has been in Samoa Joe's target lately. All up in his grill. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's been rumored that Dominic signed a contract with WWE, which we can't confirm, but I just think it's an interesting time for Dominic to get involved when Samoa Joe and Rey Mysterio have this like feud going on, but it's not like a great feud. Yeah. So, I mean, for them to get his son in there, that's, you Interesting. know, something new. Well, something we, new. It is something new. We've seen Dominic in storylines before with um, Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero a long time ago, and Dominic was like six or seven, so we haven't seen him for you know, a long period of time, and he's grown up. We can't wait to live tweet with you guys May 19th when Money in the Bank is on WWE Network for just $9.99 a month, not an ad, just telling you, sign up. It's worth it. Definitely watch. Let's get into the word on the street. We're going to kick it off with some Lars Sullivan news. Um, Big E commented on Lars Sullivan's online behavior, before and he stated that many in WWE are aware of the past racist comments attributed to Lars Sullivan. So a while back and now it's resurfacing, um, Dylan Miley, which is Lars Sullivan's real name, was on a bodybuilding forum. This was around 2008, 2013. He was talking about and he was sharing tasteless jokes, sexist, racist, homophobic, and other hateful views. He even commented on some WWE superstars and WWE legends. And people are pissed because he's back on television. He has this huge main roster push. You see him on TV every week. And these former comments that have been made by him on the internet, they haven't been addressed. They haven't been apologized for. You know, there's evidence to support that this is him. There's pictures of him posted from back in the day. And we know it's him. And no one in WWE, um, Lars Sullivan himself, hasn't taken responsibility. And I know Lars Sullivan is a follower of Wrestling Wine now. He follows us on Instagram, but we absolutely do not condone this behavior. Absolutely not. This pisses me off because I think of Leo Rush and how, you know, he's made comments in the past. Nothing to this extent at all. And people have looked at him sideways. People have said about him and... Lars Sullivan is over here being racist, he's being sexist, he's being homophobic, and no one addresses it. People go to social media, they look up WWE stuff, you have young children online, they go and see this stuff, Lars Sullivan fan or not, and this is a extremely bad reputation for WWE, and the fact that they're continually pushing him, it just pisses me off. I don't like this. If he doesn't apologize in the next week two weeks i will be so upset like he shouldn't even have that long to apologize it hasn't i mean it's been lurking for years yeah or at least a year i remember when i first saw it and it's from 2008 this was 10 years ago and he hasn't apologized yeah but like it just resurfaced and this is the first i'm hearing about it and when you sent it to me that was the first time i've ever seen it so i feel like more and more people are going to see this and wwe is going to have to do something and if they don't that is so unprofessional of them and they're going to lose a lot of viewers so as we said biggie commented on this he's currently at home he is rehabbing his torn meniscus and 
He pretty much said many are aware of true he has to bear the albatross of being a bigot and working in a company that is now filled with minorities, which I'm glad that Biggie said something because I feel like a lot of WWE superstars, when they see stuff about their coworkers that is negative, they won't comment on it. They won't say anything. But someone directly tweeted this to him and they said, are you aware of the racist a-hole that you're going to have to work with? Which, you know, obviously these superstars get thousands and thousands of tweets every day but biggie took the time to actually respond to this which you know it shows like the superstars know the management probably knows what is being done i'm gonna sip my wine and hope for the best but i am so happy that biggie did come out and say something about this this. messy it's messy it is hand me the bottle of wine so there's been reports this week that wwe requires their superstars to give their social media login and passwords to the company and it was confirmed by ryback but wwe came out and said that this is not true they do not require that the superstars give their social media logins i think that this is interesting because this means that the superstars can do anything with their professional social media like they could be dming anyone they could you know be sliding any and anyone's dms and they can Mm. make it very unprofessional which is bad for the company but at the same time like in this time and day like social media freedom and network security and all of that people rely on their social media being safe and they rely on you know them being able to do whatever they want. So I'm split on this. I'm split on if they should be required to give the logins. That way, if something happens, WWE can cover themselves and they'd be like, oh, no, this is exactly what happened. Mm -hmm. Or if it should be the way WWE says it is and they should just have, you know, free range of their own social media and the company's name. I think it's interesting that Ryback came out and said that this was correct, and now they're saying that it isn't. Ryback hasn't been with the WWE for a couple years now. It's not out of his character to come out and talk about WWE and the crazy that happened while he was there. I think a lot of companies are going towards, you know, trying to try and look up employees on social media and with an organization as big as WWE I kind of could get why they would try and get logins from their superstars but at the same time it's a breach of privacy these people are still regular people at the end of the day they use their social media just like me and you use social media I understand that they're using it under their professional name so you know for instance I think of Carmella her real name is Leah Van Dame but she has her real name in her bio and she has Carmella at the top and everything says WWE. It is a reflection of WWE, so I can see why they would want the login, but at the same time, that's still someone's personal account. Yeah, exactly. I'm split on this. I mean, it's not that big of a deal unless something happens. Right. And then I think WWE should really address it and make a law or a rule. Our final word on the street this week comes from our favorite and I mean that sarcastically, event in Saudi Arabia that's coming up where we will see Goldberg and Brock Lesnar back in the WWE for a night. It's being reported by Raja.com that Goldberg will be facing off against Bobby Lashley, and it's also been suggested that Seth Rollins will defend the Universal Championship against Brock Lesnar. As I've said before, I'm so damn tired of these Saudi Arabia shows. I understand that WWE has a commitment to this country for 10 years, But we're not going to see any women on this show. 
I saw a comment from Natalia earlier that said that she would love to compete in the country. And it made me so sad because these women are so eager to compete. And I saw a video from their last couple of events that they've had. And you see women in the crowd. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these women, they want to see someone like themselves. They want to see women out there kicking ass. And they're sitting there watching the men. Yeah. Like, I understand WWE is more male-oriented, but... Come on now. But I mean, we're two female podcasters talking about WWE, right. so it's not like it's uncommon for women I, to I, watch. Right. And, you know, I don't care who they put in the Saudi Arabia match. If it's all men, there's no chance of me supporting this. Right. I'm not going to watch it. And I sound petty, but, like, they shouldn't have this. And even if they do have a contract, like, you can break contracts. It's not the easiest well, thing to do. Well, obviously, you know, WWE is not in the rights base right now when it comes to their ratings and stuff and they make a huge amount of money from doing these events which obviously they don't need the money that bad they're a you know billion dollar company Mm -hmm. but they want their ratings to go up that's why they're bringing in goldberg that's why they're bringing in brock lesnar for this event they know it's in saudi arabia they know they have to do it big there but they know that people in the states are going to watch and that's going to make their ratings go up they still don't have the women on there. Exactly. If they're supporting an evolution, they need to figure out how to get the women in the country. This, you know, I understand the whole Saudi Arabia thing. I understand the history behind it. But this is a company that's promoting women, and they're not doing that by continually going to this country. They knew the law when they started this event with Crown Jewel. They kept going there. Mind you, Renee Young went to the Greatest Royal Rumble. She was the only woman there. They allowed her to go, but she wasn't wrestling. Right. So her voice was there, but she wasn't on screen. Right. So I don't know. This just irritates me. Like I said, I'm not going to watch this and support it. WWE needs to reevaluate this next year. I know that, you know, they already have this all set up and planned for this year, which still sucks. But next year, if they have this again and they still don't have have women. I mean, they have 10 years. When did it start? Last year. So (laughs) they have eight years left. They have eight years of a commitment left unless they find a way to break the contract which in my opinion i don't think they'll do because they realize how big of a payday it is and how many superstars would come back just to get that money from saudi arabia they aren't going to break the contract unfortunately hand me two bottles of wine i'm ready before we sign off we wanted to bring up that may is mental health awareness month and this is a important cause for our show and this year's theme is focusing on last year's theme, which was for mind, for body, and they're taking it a step further. They're exploring the topics of animal companionship, spirituality, humor, work-life balance, and recreation and social connections as ways to boost mental health and general wellness. So take the time to treat yourself and be kind to yourself, and if you're looking for help, there are resources available out there for you. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Wrestling Wind Down. You can tune in to all of our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to your podcast to. We upload episodes every Saturday. You can also find us on social media on Instagram and Twitter, WWDCast. That is at WWDCAST. We have our question of the week posted that we will be talking about next week so be sure to go on our twitter and answer that for us for a chance to be featured on the show until next time enjoy your wine and of course enjoy your wrestling cheers Cheers.